go I'm going with you Whatever you do I'm doing it too Whether you're good or Hey, what's up everybody? Long time no see. I have been off of all social media, you know, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, uh, probably for around 40 days now, I'd say. Um, and um, yeah, it's about just about 40 days. I didn't plan it that way, but um, the Lord did, um, you know, lead me to, to taking a break, just getting away, going deep in Him, and really just clearing up my, my soul, my mind space um, for Him, uh, for the season that we're about to go into. And so, man, I just wanted to do a quick podcast for all of you guys who, you know, are always messaging and emailing and, and uh, we hear about, uh, you know, you guys listening when we travel. Um, and we have been traveling, by the way. Um, uh, surprisingly enough, we've been doing gatherings. We've been in New Orleans. We did do Bourbon Street Revival. I'll talk more about that later. It was a private kind of Bourbon Street until we could jump back in publicly. We're just keeping that that sort of flame burning. Um, but yeah, we've been in Georgia. I've been, you know, in Tennessee, in Ohio, West Virginia. So we, we have been out there. We've been out and about doing stuff. And the meetings have been incredible. And surprisingly enough, and to the dismay of um, probably a few people, um, they have been rather well attended. Um, and I was actually surprised about that. But um, Anyway, uh, yeah, I've been I've been off. Um, I I have been traveling. I have been going deep in God. I have been just pressing into the Lord in a special way, um, and just really trying to um, prepare our hearts for what's coming. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I wanted this podcast to just be an update about us and 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 kind of give direction for what's going on with us. And I will be almost immediately releasing another podcast after this where I am diving into the priesthood and <clears throat> just kind of diving into, um, yeah, the word that's burning on my heart right now. I think if there's one thing that's happened in the last uh, period of, of me stepping away and just really going deep, it's been the the reformation of the message of my life, just Tabernacle of David, the priesthood, hosting presence, um, and 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 that whole idea. And so, I want to jump into that. But I just wanted to give a quick update um, for 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 our family, and really, honestly, give you guys uh, the the whole down low on what is going on with New Orleans and Bourbon Street revival. Um, you know, the truth is, is that what's happening. Um, has been a year and a half coming. So you know, the bottom line is we've been wrestling for a year and a half um, he, as we've based ourselves out of Nashville. Um, we've been, I've asked the Lord, even from the beginning of this outbreak of revival in, in the bar in New Orleans uh, on Bourbon Street, you know, um, I've, I've said, Lord, why couldn't you have moved us, you know, straight there? Why, why did we come to this place and, uh, you know, Nashville has been really for us, uh, a rest. It's been a reset. It's also was, it was a place where I think in many ways, the Lord had us die to a lot of things. Um, and it was so hard that first year here for us in Nashville was like the, the, the climax of our wilderness. And it's like, we kind of came out of that and have been at rest. 
But in the midst of that, of course, Bourbon Street Revival broke out and I've just gone, Lord, like, you know, couldn't you have skipped that step? And we gone straight there. You know, I, when we first started going, I was like, I'm not moving here. I'm not moving here. I am not moving to New Orleans. I, I love revival. We can do revival, but I ain't picking up and moving again. And, you know, through the course of the year, what, what's uh, we've done a year of Bourbon Street Revival. The quarantine hit in March and we haven't done public meetings since then. But, you know, I think one of the big things that happened is just, number one, all the prophetic words. You know how it starts to happen. Um, It's unbiased, objective, random prophetic words, dreams, uh, different things all that that accumulate over time. And I'm not going to go into every single one of them. One, because it would probably bore you. And two, because you know, you've heard this before, um, you know, there's always an accumulation of words before um, you you step out into what God is doing. You're looking, you're, 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 you're kind of feeling that out, you know, moving your family and children. And that, that's never, um, for Danielle and I, that's never just a haphazard thing. I mean, we, we, it's honestly, it's probably gotten harder for us because we've followed the call of God. We've been obedient to go when the Lord has told us and where he's told us to go. But, uh, I digress, you know, these words accumulated even to the point of, um, before the new year 2020, uh, we do this conference in Corpus Christi that is always very, very um, impactful and sort of sets the tone and, and a track for the rest of the year usually. And um, we received a word from a very trusted prophet who actually has no... He's probably the not most non-BS like guy you'll ever meet. So it, it came from the perfect guy. And he, uh, I'm not going to say his name, uh, you'd know who he was, but he comes up at the end of the meeting and he prophesies to us and uh, to you know those who we're connected with at Bourbon Street Revival. And he says, listen, the Lord gave me the number 627 and I saw him hand you a key and I felt the Holy Spirit drop in the room and I thought, what's this guy talking about? You know, <laughs> uh, I didn't know what 627 was, but I felt the Holy Spirit the weight of God smashed into the room. And I just thought, okay, what just happened? Um, our partners, you know, in Bourbon Street, uh, Heather, uh, she started crying. You know, she started weeping. My wife's crying. And I didn't even know why my wife was crying. I was like the guy who didn't understand what was going on. I went over and asked, what is 627? He says, dude, um, that is the address of Saints and Sinners Bar that's where we have the revival. That's the address of Bourbon Street Revival. And he said, God's given you the building, a key to it. It's a family business, all of this stuff. So words exploded from that. And um, we uh, had long talked about, I wonder if we'll own the bar. Will we own the bar? And this is not, um, I mean, it's 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 not a done deal by any, by any stretch, but we believe by the word of the Lord that somehow, some way, God is going to give us control of that building on Bourbon Street. And we believe it is going to be um, a place of the presence of God, a table for saints and sinners. It is going to be a revival hub right in the core, right in the center of the French Quarter, as well as obviously New Orleans. And what I believe is going to be a a, a revival hub 
for generations to come by the grace of God. And so it's going to be many things. You know, we, we already have revival. We already feed and clothe the poor and the homeless out of this place. We do justice ministry and social justice things. But as well, we want to we want to see God's presence be built by the priesthood there with, with um, you know, day and night worship, prayer, um, and, and just a hub for, for revival and an Antioch you know, where we launch people out into the world from that place. And so one of the things that's happened as well is we are now in the process of um, uh, taking over this space. And now with the pandemic, that's made things so crazy. And right now, there's a lot of doubt as to whether a lot of these bars and places on Bourbon Street are even going to exist. But we have the word of the Lord. That is something that's happening right now. Pray for us in that. But that's not even why we're moving totally. It's not just the revival. It's not why we plan to move to New Orleans uh, here in about a month. Um, but one of the biggest reasons is because there's a family that's coming out of this organic move of God. Um, and it is a true revival family. Um, you know, we, we know that we see it, we see this organic family coming together and we want to be together. And so I think that, um, our community gatherings, our family gatherings, we're going to be starting those on Sunday evenings at first, right out of our home, uh, in new Orleans. And, um, listen, my wife is, is probably more excited than I am about it. Uh, that's how also I, that's another nice little kiss from the Lord because, um, you know, I feel like obviously so much more confident because of that. Um, we love our family there in New Orleans and um, we love Nashville. We know what Nashville has been to us has been a, a different season, but it's been very sweet, very sweet. And um, we're so thankful for this place and we're keeping our home here. We're going to rent our home here and and go to New Orleans and, 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 and do this thing and press into what the Lord has. There's so much happening. I believe we are really only in the beginning of this revival. I'm not saying that because it sounds good. I'm saying that because I, I really in my heart. I know we're barely scratching the surface of this move of God. You know, I remember looking out across uh, uh, the, the, the crowd of people three, four months into the revival, and all I could think was, this is the Jesus movement I dreamed of. This is the Jesus movement. This is now happening all over. I believe we are primed for one of the greatest moves of God we've ever seen. And it won't belong to any one church, one celebrity Christian. It is going to explode in pockets all over America and all over the world. These are the days we're in. Now, if we are filling our head and our soul and our mind and with, with you know, the media and even social media, um, before filling ourselves with all of these voices, I believe we're in danger of missing what's coming, truly. I, I believe we're in danger of missing what's coming. And here's the truth. I've been preaching this word for about probably since the quarantine began, four or five months, but I believe Jesus is walking by the boats of ministries, churches, families. He's walking by our boats on the water as if to allude to the scripture in the in, in the gospels where Jesus is walking on the water and the disciples think he's a ghost. They're afraid. It says they were gravely afraid. I mean, they, they were terrified 
Um, they had no context for Jesus walking on water. We we have context for it. You know, you you can ask the the drunkard down the street if Jesus walked on water. He's heard that phrase. If you live in the West, you've heard the phrase Jesus walked on water. But listen, that wasn't the case. They didn't have a paradigm for that. They didn't have context for that. So when Jesus is walking on the water on uh, towards their boat. They're absolutely terrified and they didn't even realize it was the Lord until the Lord said, it is I, don't be afraid. And I feel like revival in many, many ways in this season, to me, that is the scripture of what the Lord is doing. I think he's walking by our ministries, our churches, what we've been plowing in, what we've been faithful to. He's walking by these things saying, a visitation of the Lord is among you, an outpouring for the purpose of habitation, not just revival for the sake of a great visitation for more good church meetings, but I'm talking about a a, a thing where the Lord begins to pour his spirit out for the purpose of dwelling in cities and regions and a people group for, for, you know, generations to come, a habitation of the Lord's presence. The truth is, I'll talk more about this in the coming podcast because I believe the habitation of the Lord's presence is something, in fact, we may have never seen. Uh, We might have seen uh, periods of history where this has happened you know, I could reference um, uh, Bangor, Ireland, and the 300-year prayer meeting. I could reference the Moravians, the 100-year or more prayer meeting, um, and 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 worship there. And I'm sure there's other places throughout history and times. But the truth is, is that we're not going to see the fruit that we need to see in these days that are coming and in the generations to come if we don't have a culture and a habitation of the Lord's presence. Not more good church meetings, get some people saved and look back at the revival of of 10 years ago that was so awesome. I'm talking about something that never ends, but in order to have that, I believe we have to have a priesthood. So furthermore, I just believe that that's a part of New Orleans for us, Bourbon Street Revival. I don't think it's for the purpose of more good meetings. I don't think it's for the purpose of salvations. I don't think it's a the purpose is a harvest. I don't think the purpose is a healing movement. And I don't think the purpose of it is to uh, birth other ministries and and, and birth other things. All those things are good and all those things will happen. And all those are the fruits of revival and, and the fruits of hosting God's presence. But I think the reason that we have an outpouring of the Holy Spirit is to build a dwelling place for the Lord in the earth. This is so clear through Ephesians. 1, uh, 22, you know, this is clear through uh, 1 Peter 2, 5 through 9. I mean, there's so much to this. I really can't wait to jump into it. And I, and I want to show you that I believe the Lord is taking the church from a worshiping church to a priestly people. Um, we've been, we've, we've become worshipers, but the downfall of the worshiper is that worship oftentimes becomes about them. And the word that uh, I feel the Lord is, is saying is, is he's taking a church from worshipers to the priesthood. All priests are worshipers, but not all worshipers are priests because the worshiper oftentimes falls into the ditch of God, I want to feel you, which isn't a bad thing. But if it becomes about us grading and judging worship from the place of how we felt, we miss the fact that it's not about if we feel God, but it's about God, do you feel us? Are you feeling us? And I think the priesthood is, is there's so much to that. I'm not going to jump into it now. I feel provoked too, but I'm going to r- pull the reins back. 
and just let you guys know that, you know, what's coming into the earth, God is setting people in position. Uh, you know, I believe God's moving people. I believe God is locking people in. And I believe God's bringing 11th hour workers to many places across the world. 11th hour workers and the test of true revival, I believe. This is just some of my fresh revival theology that I feel I've been learning over this past year. I believe in many moves of God. The Lord will bring a person, an 11th hour person or movement or something of an 11th hour type of type of context to a people who've already been praying for revival for many years. And it's both resting upon the willingness of those who have been faithful in the land to receive the ones whom God brings to them as a key for the revival and the outpouring, as well as the obedience of the ones that come to not fall into entitlement, to not fall into, uh, um, um, you know, to basically be completely surrendered and to not have uh, their gift be the vehicle that drives the move of God because it never can. The gift of God can never drive the vehicle of 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 revival. Um, many of you guys know this. So I just want to make this really clear. I think two really important things I've seen and I see coming is that, you know, Jesus is walking by our boats. Will we receive him even when we're afraid? Will we receive the Lord onto our boat when it doesn't look like we thought it would look, when it terrifies us? Part of this, part of this, for some of you listening and leaders, I want to speak this really clearly. God will bring 11th hour workers to your cities, your towns, your churches, your ministries, and oftentimes it will look frightening because they don't, they didn't pay the price that you've paid. And I, I'm always thinking back to revival history, just a few off the top of my head to, to kind of validate what I'm saying. Number one, you have the 11th hour worker parable by Jesus. I mean, if you read that, it's pretty offensive, pretty crazy. I've spoken about that before, but the 11th hour worker is a huge thing because God brings them to test the hearts of the one who have worked the heat of the day, who've been faithful in the land, praying, interceding, giving their life, blood, sweat, and tears to this thing. Then God brings in someone who, who is owed not even close to what, you know, they're owed, quote unquote, in a worldly sense. But God is, is resting on people like that to teach us that this thing is not about us. The revival we pray for, do we still want it if it lands at at the church of the people, uh, the pastor we don't like? What are you going to do when the revival you've cried out for is given to a people who didn't quote unquote deserve it? This test of the heart is huge. I think about Evan Roberts and the Welsh revival. You know, even though we know Evan prayed for revival and, and contended for it, you've got to understand that there had to be a church body that received who he was even as a young coal miner as a as a young man they had to receive who he was and they had to receive the singing sisters teenagers who led the worship i mean it was very offensive in the time. I think about, uh, obviously, many of us know the, the Brownsville revival. Think of the dynamic. You have Kilpatrick, who's praying for revival for his church there in Pensacola. He's praying for it. He's contending for it. He gets so burnt out 
believing for revival. He doesn't even want to come to church the day it happens. Think about that. But God sends a Steve Hill, who's an 11th hour worker, and it takes this. It takes both the the, the heart of of a, a leader who's given their life to something to say, you know what, this thing is actually resting on another person, but I get to experience it if I have the humility to receive it. Number one, if you don't, you'll miss the hour of your visitation. You know, I'm a grace guy. I am a full-on grace junkie. I I have been more, I'm becoming a Calvinist, I think, more and more. Maybe not a five-point Calvinist, but I'll tell you this, more and more my view of the sovereignty of God uh, strengthens the longer I live. And um, so we're not going to go into that theologically. I'm being a little tongue-in-cheek, but I think the point is that if we miss our hour of visitation because of our pride, um, it's it's an absolutely... um, that's, a, that's an awful thing, and it happens to many. The other thing is the people that are coming and being sent to places, they have to have the humility to know it really isn't about them either. And the 11th hour worker has to know this. They have to know that what's coming in the earth right now in these days, it doesn't rely on their gift or their charisma. It only rests on their surrender. And I've learned this in Bourbon Street. You know, I, if I'm honest, I've leaned on my gift and times before, you know, There's been many times I've leaned on my gift in services when I had no oil and I was heartbroken over it. You know, we never want to live that way, but there is grace. But one of the things I've found, you guys, is that in Bourbon Street Revival, it's terrifying. Leading revival is a terrifying thing because the moment that you start to lean into your gift to drive the thing rather than your surrender and your obedience you're, you're on the exit. You're taking the exit off of the revival highway whenever you start to trust in your gift. And I am so terrified oftentimes to be very transparent about Bourbon Street Revival. I'm so terrified often because even in the beginning, I, I would say for the first eight to 10 months, I was, I was terrified before the meetings of Bourbon Street Revival because I thought, man, I, I was like, I, I knew I couldn't make a set list if you're a worship leader, you understand like, man, if you don't have a set list, if you don't have even an idea of where you're going, you just have to step up, play whatever chord first comes to your mind and follow the Holy Spirit. You've got to wait on the Lord. It's terrifying. It's so much nicer. And I I, I would have been an advocate before this of, hey man, yeah, like, dude, you, you need to have songs. The better prepared you are, the better you can flow and the better you can Use it as a launch pad into the into what God's doing. I'm all for preparation, but this this is different. And that's another reason it's terrifying, and that's another reason many leaders and people won't let God onto their boats because it's going to take everything. It's going to cost everything. It is going to cost you everything. And here we are. I'm I'm moving now again. We're moving to New Orleans because I know the Lord is just asking for my obedience. And so we're on board because we, we, we're not in love with the American dream. We're in love with Jesus. We're in love with the kingdom of God. We want to see the kingdom of God take root in the earth. We want to build God a dwelling place in the earth. And on Bourbon Street, that's what's happening. I would be a fool to be disobedient now. And so with all that being said, I mean, I'm terrified before a lot of the meetings in those first eight to 10 months because I can't lean on my gift. 
I can't lean on the things that I know I can do and pull out of my hat, so to speak. I can't do it. I'm, I'm restrained by the fear of the Lord from doing those things. And so revival teaches us that it's not about us. But the tension of it is, it's actually all about us. It's about our surrender, our obedience, moment to moment, um, second to second as we're following him in the meetings. And then again, of the broad picture, we're being obedient by moving our family and 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 giving our life to this. And so I am. We are. We're so excited. Um, and um, you know, it's not been without a little bit of pain. I I didn't want to necessarily do this. The Lord's been working on my heart, working on my heart, saying, "If you lose your life, you'll find it." And I don't know if this is helping anyone, man. But I'm just going to be again transparent. I was driving around New Orleans a month ago, looking at places to rent, and I said, "Lord." Do we really have to do this? Like the reality of it was hitting me. Talking about it was cool, but then it was hitting me. Like, man, this is happening. Like, wow. Like, and I, I'm, I'm beginning to just go through all these emotions, and I'm going, Lord, I, I need your word right now. And so the Lord spoke to me, and He said, "Son, when you lose your life, you'll find it. When you feel like you're losing, when you feel like you're, you're getting second place, when you feel like." You're giving something. You're sacrificing. Listen, he said, I, it's Mark 10, 29, right? It's no one will leave home, land, mother, brother, sister, father, you know, all that without receiving a hundred times more in this age and the age to come. But he said, when you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. When you think you're losing, you're actually going to win. It's like the first will be last and the last will be first. Those who feel like they're they're losing out, they, they've missed out, they didn't get the credit they deserve, they, you know, all the things that can trip us up, the Lord is saying, accept the loss, you know, like what feels like a loss will actually be your gain. Because if you fight to find your life, um, you're actually going to lose that. This is a word for every, every young person right now trying to figure out their destiny. Stop. Because the truth is, is if you seek to find out what it is you're called to do, I actually think you'll lose it. Because there's so much selfish ambition hidden under the guise of, of, um, I just want to serve the Lord. I just want to be used by the Lord. But truly, there's so much selfish ambition. Because the question you got to ask is, again, you you want to pray for revival. You want revival. You want to harvest. Are you willing to do that if you get no credit for it? Do you want to? Do you want the Lord to use you even if it means that no one will ever give you credit for the things you've done? What if you're never known for the ways that the Lord has used you? Do you still want it? If you can answer yes in your heart, honestly, you're on the right track. But I think that many of us wrestle with that. And so I just thought, God, man, I, I don't, I don't, I, we're going to do this again. I mean, there's so much promise that we, we love the, the move of God, our family there that, that God has given us. But man, Lord, really moving again, fourth time in four years, like, do we have to do this? And I just know the Lord's voice was saying, trust me, all I'm asking is for your obedience. I just need your obedience. And so, man, that that's where we've been super transparent with you guys. We've wrestled. We know we're right on time. As a matter of fact, just kind of a kiss from God the other day, I was, I was, um, praying about during this wilderness season and kind of, I say, uh, uh, this was like a spirit led wilderness. Um, I guess they all are in some ways. Um, 
but this was just a break from social media. I kind of give myself to prayer in this season before we move. And um, I had decided to pray all night. And I do these, I've done them a few times in my life where by myself, I'll just, I've done a lot with people, but by yourself, it's a little different where I will just, you know, from eight or nine at night till five, six in the morning, I'm spending that entire night with the Lord off of the basis of Jesus praying all night in the gospel, uh, I believe of Mark, where he prays all night and the next morning he chooses his apostles. I always believe the Lord was saying there's apostolic authority released when we pray through the night. And I haven't done that in a while, but the last time I did it was incredibly powerful. I mean, I receive words that have literally impacted my life years after that. I, just to give you a quick, cool little story, um, I keep journals uh, with ever since I was saved, my prayer times with the Lord. I have my journals all the way back to 2007. And so I had actually recorded the last time I did an all-night prayer meeting, and it was, it was um, the year 2013, um, which was exactly seven years ago. And um, I didn't really realize this at first. I, I just had a trip that was canceled and I had a few days extra that I didn't think I'd have at home. And so I said, you know what? This Tuesday, I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and pray all night. Well, we do a worship gathering at a friend's house that morning and it hits me. I start looking at the date and it's 7-7-2020. And I thought, oh my gosh, 7-7. Number one, that's when we did the sound in San Francisco. But number two, I knew the last all night prayer meeting I had was 7-7-2013. Look, I don't do the numbers thing, but God seems like he really does. So, you know, it's like, I go, wow. The, I did not plan it in the slightest, but I happened to choose to pray all night the same exact day that I'd prayed seven years earlier. And that 2013 7-7 prayer meeting all night with the Lord. Actually, I, I was the beginning of the prophetic word of us going to San Francisco, which was actually, we would do the sound San Francisco on 7-7-17, which would have been four years after I got the initial word. So it was just all this little smiles from the Lord, like, hey, you're on the right track. And I felt like what that was, was just the Lord saying, listen, you are right on time. You're right on time. You're in the exact right place where I want you right now. It doesn't mean I'm not saying we're, you know, perfect. I'm saying on the timeline of the Lord, I felt like the Lord was saying you are right on time. And so we took strength in that. Um, and, and, and we're encouraged. We're, we're, we're so encouraged about what's going on. And I, I believe that if we'll hear the voice of the Lord, I believe that if we'll, um, if we'll truly surrender ourselves in this season, and I mean really surrender um, and, and do what the Lord's been asking us to do and have a quick yes in our heart, that we're going to see revival unprecedented. I, I had a word from a prophet of the Lord who's an a, a incredible man of God. This guy prophesies to, you know, huge internationally known people all over the world. The guy's a trusted prophet. He just sent me a prophetic word that, I was going to have 180 days uh, from the time the quarantine ended. There was going to be six months, 180 days and uh, of seeking the Lord and that the Lord was going to break forth in the, the largest revival we'd and the, the, the most strong, you know, um, revival we'd seen even up to this point. And they'd say it was like in the days of Finney and it was this whole word. And so we're pressing into that. I believe the best is yet to come for Bourbon Street, for many others. I think, I think you're on the verge. You're on the verge. And, and, I, and I know that we're all 
in in waiting right now. Something is about to break forth. We have to have eyes to see in this season. And if we don't consecrate our lives in this season, I guarantee you we'll miss the very thing we've been praying for. We have to have eyes to see. So that is the update. Thank you guys for listening. Please check out the next podcast. We're going to go deep on the priesthood. Um, but also just want to say, um, I love all of you guys. Thank you for those who have sent um, financial gifts, who have prayed for us. These have been challenging times. You know, uh, I've not been able to travel. And I got to say, I've been more blessed in this time than I even have been when I was, you know, on the road and, and going after it. Um, it's as if the Lord has just supernaturally sustained us. So thank you for those of you who have supported us. The kingdom of God is truly the best family on earth. And um, we are so excited. So August, we are moving in the beginning of August to New Orleans. We will base ourselves out of there. We will begin having Sunday evening meetings that are open to the public, um, depending on how big they get. You know, we did a private gathering of, we invited like 30 people and I think 80 people showed up. And then the next time we invited 50 or 60 people and 103 showed up. So we, we, we kind of, we're going to have to fill that out and cross the bridge when it gets there. But for Sunday evenings, for the foreseeable future, starting in August, we'll be meeting at our house. If you want to know what that is, uh, follow us on Instagram. I am going get, to be getting back on uh, and posting updates. Follow us on Facebook. Um, that way you can find updates. And we'll be meeting in our home with the Revival family. God is birthing every Sunday evening. And then the last Sunday and Monday nights of every month, we will be back doing Bourbon Street Revival. Um, also, we'll be updating you on that. So listen, love you guys. Thank you. Come join us. Come see us in New Orleans. Make plans to be with us. And um, I pray, Father, you release the, the um, grace for consecration in this season to hear your voice, the grace to hear your voice and give us the strength and the trust, Lord. We just ask you the strength and the the the, the trust to, to be fully obedient in this coming season, fully and completely obedient. We just, um, I pray the spirit of revival would begin stirring in your heart and in the land and begin bringing the right people together and if you've been contemplating saying yes to something, now's the time. I believe God is setting things in order. Um, so stay strong. Love you guys. Bless you in Jesus' name. Yeah, you're the best I ever had. It's not like the rest. We're even that bad. Whatever you do.